Open up in prayer today. Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Today, I know you're going to meet us with your Holy Spirit. I know you're going to move our hearts. I know there's a war for our attention, a war for our focus, but you have made yourself available today. Come on. And we thank you, Lord. We ask you to send grace for us to just open our hearts and our minds to hear you, to hear your word today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we, a lot of visitors today. And I uh, welcome all. We really appreciate you coming. Um, we get visitors, you know, coming and going, and, and uh, love always seeing new faces. But today, um, you're, you're probably not here as by chance as you might think. Um, the Lord, I, I assure you, the Lord was stirring you here to hear a word of the Lord today. Mm -hmm. um, here at Dayspring, we we attempt, if I was going to describe the ministry the way I attempt to run the ministry, I would say that we walk on a very fine line between straightforward, conservative, we follow the ways of God, the word of God, we just live, we believe in righteousness and holiness, and we there's just really clear-cut things, commandments of God, and we follow them um, with Unashamed. We just it's there's no questions asked on most of it, and it's not legalism, it's just an absolute desire to partner with who he said he was and an excitement to know that that would lead us to him. Yeah. That would make us like him. That we were to be children like our father. And and so on this one hand, we're very conservative um, as a ministry. And on the other hand, we're very um, charismatic in that uh, many of us, many of us here believe in the spiritual gifts and then beyond just believing in them, many of us practice them or exercise them, if you will, as the Lord has given us giftings. We just, we, we make room to exercise those gifts for the sake of the furtherment of the body of Christ. Um, meaning that uh, the blend we kind of have here is that uh, we keep these core values of the straightforward walking with God always at the surface. Nothing's really going to ever change that. Um, but we have people with giftings that God has put in them, and, and, and we make room to work together and exercise. And last week we started talking about forming prayer groups and how to exercise the different giftings that God's given to you and the different roles you can play in prayer. And we got a lot of good response from that, and that's going to be our topic Ongoing until we solidify those different categories and form these groups and exercise those things and learn to work together. But today we're going to take a break um, from that and we're going to talk about a very timely word from the Lord, I promise you. Um, oftentimes I'm just, uh, I'm preaching to you, I try to be spirit-led with the topics and the, and the ideas and, uh, and we're oftentimes operating in what they would call uh, an under, the spirit of understanding from the Lord, hopefully the spirit of knowledge that uh, you know, just the, just the, there's lots of ways to operate in the Lord. And today, because I don't want you to miss it, today I am going to prophesy over you. Wow. Today I'm going to prophesy over you. Yeah. I don't have time to show everybody my resume, but I don't make that bold claim often, but I'm rarely missed. Wow. That's okay. true. Yes. So I don't take it lightly. There are scriptures that say that um, at the end of this journey, I will answer for every word I said as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I will answer for every word. 
So I don't take it lightly when I say that. Yeah. But today there's another scripture that says if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive the prophet's reward. Yes. So what you do with what we do next is up to you. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. All right. That's just your fair warning. <laughs> Before we get to the prophecy part, we're going to take a journey of what it looks like to stand in faith on the word of God. There's a scripture here. There's a bunch of them. I just picked one I liked. First Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 18, 19. This charge I commit to you, my son Timothy. That's a spiritual son, not natural. Mm -hmm. My spiritual son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Now, I'm going to spend the next uh, few minutes doing my best to explain and demonstrate, hopefully, what I think it means to live by prophecies previously committed to you. Um, how to stand on those things. And hopefully, if, if, you're not, uh, if you don't feel plugged into what we're going to describe today, hopefully you'll take it with you and use it somewhere else. But there's this thing uh, in, the, in the Bible where you can read it like a historical um, book, because it is historical. But there's a, a better way to read it, I believe. I believe that Paul described it as the living oracle of God. Amen. It's a written, living, breathing, Holy Spirit inspired and delivered word of God. That means there are, there are two really basic categories that you need to understand if you're going to read this like a living oracle. There are moments in your life, there are moments in time where you will find what you feel in your heart from the Lord to be your place in the book. It's a big book. If we only needed the story of Jesus, then we would only have the story of Jesus. We have a big book with lots of stories because you might, it's just the moments in time. It's not to say that when you're, uh, when God speaks to you about, a, reminds you with a certain character in the Bible, it's not your ultimate identity destination. It's just where you're at. And so to understand this book as a living oracle of God, know that God will stir your heart and he will minister to you when you, in these seasons, and you'll pick up who you are in the book. Um, there's another uh, really important thing to know about um, knowing and following the word of God like a living oracle. And that's that outside of who you are, where you are, is a very important thing to pick up. Yeah. So, like finding who you are uh, in the Bible, uh, when he's ministering to you about that, hold those scriptures. Some of the peripheral details will be irrelevant. You'll know which ones matter. Hold it like it's a mirror for who you are right now in that moment. When you find the place of where you're at, hold it like a map and follow it closely. Wow. Yeah? Don't spend your whole life looking in the mirror dimly, not knowing who you are. When it says that one day you'll see it squeaky clean, clear as day, face to face. Uh -oh. Yeah? That's good. Don't spend your whole life walking off cliffs wondering where the map is. It's right in front of you. You just got to find it and follow it. Yeah. So from a prophetic standpoint, you can take scriptures and just find them. You, you can't just, you know, I can't just randomly open it and tell you like, yeah, you can't just make it up. It's got to be God. But you'll know in your heart of hearts when it's God. Yeah. So today we're going to read this scripture. I'm only going to change one thing. I'm not going to, you know, not going to radically change the word of God here. But we're going to read this like this. This charge I commit to you, your name, whoever you are. Whether you call this your home, whether you call this your family, whether you're a visitor, whether you uh, whether you're online, 
This charge I commit to you, whoever you are, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage war, the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Yes? Amen. Why does it say we have to wage war? Mm. Mm. If everything in the Lord was easy, we wouldn't have to wage war, would we? No. If everything just came easy and, and was no fight, no uphill battles, no strategies, then we have a whole lot of extra Bible to study for no reason. I don't promote that life in the Lord has to be awful and hard. I don't promote that it's it's nothing but down in the mud or you don't love Jesus. That's the opposite of what I believe. But I do know that some things are just inevitably hard. Yes, yes. Some yes. things require you to believe by faith and stand faith. on the word of God and move forward. Amen? Amen. The grace of God will be with you in that journey. So what prophecies are we standing on? What prophecies are, have been previously charged, committed to us to stand on? And what prophecies are we supposed to be waging warfare with? I'm glad you asked. Um, Several months ago, the Lord started ministering to my heart um, as the, you know, leader of this particular body that, uh, that, that we needed to start praying and moving and thinking and believing for uh, a new space. This space is great. It's awesome. It's lovely. It's been wonderful to us. There's nothing wrong with it. Logistically, we kind of fill it up sometimes. And this is probably about as many as you can get in here and for what we do. But it's not about logistics. It's about the word of the Lord. He started to minister to me about it. And honestly, uh, it's like finding a piece of a needle in a haystack. It's virtually impossible in the natural, uh, considering our parameters. Um, we marched down this road just the best we could. Some, some opportunities started to emerge, started to look very promising, very good, very like, that's probably God. He's doing a big thing. It's great. And then um, as we're marching along and on almost bringing those things to fruition where we have what seems like the promise of the Lord, uh, the Lord was stirring one day after church and we were praying for people. And that was the day that uh, Alan, uh, who's not here today, he, he testified that that was the day that he was healed after 36 years of debilitating pain. Wow. 36 years after a motorcycle wreck and he had been in crippling pain for 36 years. And that day he was healed. Mm -hmm. I know the Lord was stirring. It wasn't even the only great thing that happened. Right. But after praying for people, Tim, who's the prophet here, grabbed my arm. And he doesn't prophesy over me often um, for, for good reasons. But he grabbed my arm and he said, God said to tell him that I'm going to do a big thing, bigger than you think. And I'm going to do a thing that's faster than you think. It's bigger than you think. It's better than you think. And it's faster than you think. I've shared this with, uh, with you a few weeks back. And in that moment, I just thought, man, I'm so good at this. I'm with God. I'm walking right. We're doing right. We're at the right place at the right time. And now my prophet is affirming that we're doing a big thing. It was a great word of affirmation. I thought I, mis I mistook it. The next morning, great disappointment filled my heart because what seemed like something, uh, uh, the new location right around the corner, right in front of us. It was so tangible, so available. It got, the whole thing just crumbled. The whole thing just blew up. New information emerged. It wasn't going to work. Yada, yada. Disappointment gripped my heart to say the least. Deflated was a, a kind way to put what I felt that day. But as I went out riding, trying to get myself together, I remembered the word of the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to do a big thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a faster thing. 
a bigger, a better thing. And I grabbed a hold to it and clawed my way out of the pits of depression, yeah. the pits of disappointment. I clawed my way out of it saying, there's no way that a guy, Tim, who didn't know anything about anything, he just felt to randomly tell me that. There's no way that 12 hours later it all blows up and God didn't see that coming. It must be a big thing coming. And I've continued to believe and I've continued to, to push and push and push. Also, that day that, um, that I remembered Tim, uh, Tim's word, the Lord led me quickly to Judges 20. Now, pay attention. We talked about this some weeks back. If you'd like to go hear that in detail, this is where I knew I was at. We were at. This was the map to follow. For those of you who don't know or don't remember that sermon, Judges 20 is a story. The peripheral details of why they're warring are irrelevant to us. But Judges 20 is a story of uh, 11 of the tribes banding together to war against one of the tribes, the Benjamites, because of the atrocities they had committed against their fellow brethren. They went to war. This is where the map part gets important, okay? Why they're there doesn't matter. They said, God, should we go and fight? And God said, yes. And God, uh, they marched out with great confidence in their heart, and they got absolutely massacred on that first day. The good Israelites, not the Benjamites. Massacred. They came back, tails cut, wounding people dead. Like I'm talking like 20-some thousand people died on the first day. That's a little deflating. Um, second day, they wake up, and they said, God, shall we go today? And God said, go. And they lined, they lined up, marched out straight in the line, and got massacred again the second day. Third day, these guys are resilient. Third day, God, should we go again? And God said, yes, and today you'll have victory. Yeah? Wow. And now, so there's lots of things to note in this story. I don't want to get too down in the weeds, but uh, the next thing that happens to me is one of the more mind-boggling parts of the story. They get so strategic, it is ridiculous. You'd almost think they were good at war again. The first two days, it says they lined up, marched out, got slaughtered. Lined up, marched out, and got slaughtered. The third day, the day that God said you would win, the one day you think you would just march out and win, they got strategic, lo and behold. They had people hiding in the bushes. They were drawing them out so some could go in the city. They, they let them think they were doing good to build confidence. and like, They had this whole strategy. Strategic was the word that God kept speaking to me. They were strategic. It was strategic. Great victory was had. I wouldn't say that the next that, that them restoring balance to the 12 tribes happened immediately in this storyline, but ultimately it does restore balance in this in this thing. Right? So as we got into this journey, and as the word the Lord gave me Judges 20 for where we're at, this is just telling a story, yes, but also this is how I've learned to read the word as a living word, like a map. I looked at it and I said, man, I don't know if I have to lose two battles to get to that third day, but I'll lose as many as I have to if it means we get to the third day. Now, luckily, I wasn't losing 22,000 of you at a shot, but um, a little more emotional struggles these days. But I said, I will throw myself at this thing that God has put in my heart and I will lose and pay as much emotional cost as I have to pay to get to this promised victory that God has put in our heart. Yes? Yes. yes? And so we're marching forward and marching forward. And I believe you me, I spared a lot of you guys of a lot of the details, the saga of what it looks like to march down that road. Because it wasn't secret. It's just you don't need to, you don't need to be sucked into all that. It's, it's distracting. 
marching down these roads, I had this other great big thing that's like, it popped up. I'm like, man, I can see how that could be God. And then, you know, the few people who knew about it are like, yeah, is this the second battle though, Matt? And I'm like, probably. <laughs> probably. But I'm going to line up and march head on into it and just see what happens. If nothing else, it's to get to the third day. Come on. Because it's a map and you have yes, to follow it. Now, if we read the story of Jehoshaphat, we go about this very differently if that's what God was speaking. But he's speaking Judges 20. We're going to war. We've been at war for months now. Waging war against in the spirit, in the natural, going towards this third day victory. Amen? Amen. Right. So... In this journey, the little highs and lows for me. I'm not. I'm, I'm extremely. And my wife will tell you this. She. It's probably her larger complaint of me in life. I am extremely unemotional, but I have been extremely. Even, I say even keeled. Even keeled. Yeah. Whatever. It's same difference. I've heard it both ways. I'm extremely unemotional in how I go through life. It's it's served me quite well. I've been very emotional in this Judges 20 season, um, and largely because I take. What's going on here very serious and I want to do it well, right? Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm finding my way. I'm trying to figure this out. It's not easy. Uh, but I'm holding on to these words of the Lord that have been in my heart from the beginning. The word that Tim spoke. I'm holding on to Judges 20. It ends in victory. Hold on to the map, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't turn it upside down because upside down the victory is at the beginning and you give up. Yeah. Hold it right side so you see that it's at the end of some war. Yeah? And so Judges 20 is leading and I'm believing. And then I'm sitting by the by the uh, river park here in Lynchburg and I'm talking to the Lord, trying to work out some things and details in my heart. And the Lord just spoke to me. He said, call the mayor, uh, a specific mayor, one I know by name. Yeah. I'll just say the mayor because you don't know him. Um, so I called the mayor of Amherst, the town of Amherst, and I... And I just said, hey, it's a long shot, one in a million, I know, but this is what we're looking for. Here are our parameters. And he said, oh, I, I know what you need. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. yeah. And I said, because I remembered it being a little more full of bank stuff, bank tellers, and then it was, and it's been years since I've been in it. And I just said, I don't think that's it. Sorry. <laughs> and he said, well, all right, that's all I got. All right. So we hung up. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I said, well, God did just tell me to call him. Right. <laughs> and without any hesitation, he said this. Uh -oh. So maybe I should go. Maybe. So I go. I drive straight there. I get there. And I'm like, wow, this feels a lot better than I remembered it. <laughs> this looks a lot better than I remembered it. I never saw it through these lenses. It's, it's amazing. This is beautiful. Oh, there, and I, so there's a light on. And, uh, and then I look, and there's a guy working. So I peek my head in. I say, hey, can I come in and just take some measurements? He said, yeah, sure. I'm the owner. You know, great. I said, oh, okay, cool. So pulled some measurements, did the match, square footage. I'm like, this feels good. Square footage is good. Room is the right shape and size. There's stuff up. It's kids. We got everything. And I'm like, wow. <clears throat> wow. This is it. Yeah. And, oh, this is the best part. It's literally the only thing we can afford. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, we'll come back to that. <laughs> but, much... Like, I find a lot of inspiration from lots of characters in the Bible. One of the more inspiring leadership things I've ever noted in the Bible is that Moses was a free man when he went back to Egypt. Yeah. Moses was a man that walked with God. Moses was a man that for all practical purposes could have walked to the promised land in 11 days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and because of the grace of God on his life, we would assume would have done just fine. But Moses chose to go back to get the people out of bondage. He chose to walk with them for 40 years and go through this journey so that they could all get there together. Amen? Amen. And so me thinking this is right doesn't matter as much as we thinking this is right. We have to agree to fight this battle or else it'll be too hard to survive it. We have to believe and we have to step into what we feel from the Lord, what we're thinking. We have, so we said, all right, uh, Tuesday, 10 o'clock, anybody who's available, come. We need to all go pray. We're gonna, they're going to open the doors. We're going to go in. We're going to pray. We're going to see what God has to say. We met in the parking lot. I said, hey, today is all about praying. See what God has to say. What are you feeling? What are you hearing from the Lord? Yes? Now, don't beat yourself up, but a lot of you got really hung up on details and down in the weed and were a little distracted. Don't, don't worry. Even the spies went into the promised land and came back and said, there's a whole bunch of standing between us and it. But that's okay. Right? That's okay to sometimes, again, find your place in the book. Re reconcile that in your heart. We're all not Jesus, right? We're all okay. Who do, you, who do you align with in the Bible? Jesus? I know that's the right answer, but it's not always true, is it? Sometimes you're the spy who couldn't see past the giants, and that's okay. Just go to God, get straight, come back, be the one who can. Amen? That's right. So we went in the building, and we came out, and there was a little bit of confusion and distraction over the, some logistical things. Kirsten rallied Josh and Heather. Josh and Heather, are, you know, they, they pray. They hear the Lord. She said, go. She, other people do, I'm sure. But next morning, Josh goes and spends some time in the parking lot. He comes back with this. Um, I'll skip something. Sorry, but I'll go ahead and do Josh. Josh came back with this. First thing he said was, I saw a, a vision of a grown version of Enoch, my son, dressed up as if he was going to give a sermon and felt he was doing something for the Lord. Now, this is not about my son being the next pastor, I promise you. When you understand dreams and visions, you'll understand this really quickly. God uses certain people to represent ideas. Yeah. So in this case, we're talking, we're instantly stepping into a generational thing, yes. right. which is one of the cornerstone core values of what this ministry was established yeah. to do four years ago. And that was, we said we would fight whatever battle we had to fight and take whatever blows we had to take and whatever sacrifices we had to make to see the next generation launch off of a foundation, a launch pad that that we couldn't yeah, even true. imagine starting yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. That we were going to cease to live for ourselves and in our selfish moments and, and motives and that we were going to lay it down for the next generation to go. Yeah. I believe it's been God's plan always. I'm not going to say we'd be the first ones ever, but I'm going to say that we decided that we would be ones who made it in the generational book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yeah. And so... Josh saw this, which he's speaking to generational. Immediately, these words start to emerge about generation. The second thing he wrote was, I heard that this place would be a good base of operations for now and generations future. Immediately, this, this word started to emerge. And, and, and Tim's son, Adam, spoke this into my heart. And I just said, man, that's God. Tim, Adam said, man, that place is prime for youth outreach. And he said the Holy Spirit could, could wreck a whole generation of youth. He said, he said, man, that place, for what it costs and everything, he said, you guys could outgrow that one day, build a new church, and keep that as your youth center outreach in the middle of a town that desperately needs it. Yeah? And so, like, it's already becoming this generational thing, this generational thing. Josh also saw kids playing outside in a, in a thing in the parking lot. 
he heard we'll be adding on to the building quicker than we like. Now, if you if you believe that that is a true word of the God, then we'll be adding on to the building quicker than we like. It just starts to look a little more positive about getting it, right? right. right. Yeah. yeah. We still have to partner with the word of the Lord. In our discussion on Wednesday about the, the validity of this decision, should we go, should we stay, should we this, should we that? Uh, the discussion came up. We're rational people. We have rational conversations. It came up. And then finally somebody asked what I thought, and I said this, and, and, and I don't always do a great job of telling you when I switch to the Holy Spirit's inspiring me, and it's the Word of the Lord, but at some point I switched to the Word of the Lord, and I said, I feel like this is our promised destination, our promised land, if you will, and that while God would still love us if we miss this opportunity, if we forsake this opportunity, we will effectively be turning left right back into the promised land, into the wilderness, just like the Israelites did a few different times. Uh -oh. And after the meeting, because all of you are shy and fairly introverted, after the meeting, y'all came and told me what the Lord said. After the meeting, Laura came up and she said, man, I wrote this down this morning in my time of prayer. If I've ever heard, if I've never heard God before, I heard it this morning. And it's the most real, tangible thing I've ever heard in my life. She said, I wrote down this morning, don't spend 40 years in the wilderness. Wow. Yeah. So now it's all starting to line up. Can we, can you start to, can you stand on the prophecies that have been charged yes. and committed to you? Can you stand on the words that are previously given concerning where you're at and what you're doing? Can you stand on it by faith? Can you believe it in your heart? Even when your greatest opposition might be reality. <laughs> but that's, we're not living by reality, are we? We're rooted in reality, but we're living by faith. Yes? yes. Um, some weeks ago, um, some weeks ago, I'll spare you some of the details because it is, some of it's peripheral, but some weeks ago, uh, we got a report back from, uh, it, it came through all this, but uh, uh, Jared and Hannah Pepper were praying and, and conversating. Sometimes when you're praying and conversating with the Lord, the Lord is inspiring your conversation, whether you're uh, picking it up or not. And, and they start to have this kind of weirdly inspired conversation and it gets down to this talk about vaults. Vaults and vaults and vaults. And then it's like, well, we should have a, maybe our church should buy a bank and have a vault to keep stuff in. And then all this, and it becomes prophetic. And then in this process, I believe Betsy told me, she said, you know, months ago, God started showing visions of vaults, vaults and vaults. When we go in the building, it, it became the hottest topic in the whole building. Like, we should keep the vault. We should keep the vault. Everybody wants the vault. Now, I can assure you, I'm going to graph towards the, the symbolic nature of God and prophecy and all these things. And I'm going to say, we don't technically need a vault. But this is how the Lord moves often. This is important because this will apply later. The Lord, when he's trying to communicate with you, he will bring your attention, your focus to a thing. Yep. And you'll notice it's hard when it's God. It's hard to get your focus mm -hmm. off of the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't believe God was saying that we needed a vault. It doesn't even work anymore. I don't think he was saying we needed it. I think he was hyper-focusing everybody on it, as he does, to get your attention. It's why sometimes prophets will be, I'm seeing this tree over here, and I feel like God is ministering because he, he can draw your focus and minister through it. I believe God was speaking another thing. Uh, and then in the meeting on Wednesday, in just people sharing things, Ryan said, I just feel like God is saying that this is going to be a storehouse for him. Well, that's perfect because that's what the word of the Lord that had come to me. Yes? Yeah. This was going to be a storehouse. Most important, the Lord spoke to me that this is what he would call a Malachi moment. And, um, Amalekite moments don't come all the time. I promise you. Uh, 
it's a good sermon to preach if you just you need some extra cash in the church, but I refuse to do it. And last time I preached to Malachi Moment was five years ago at the river, roughly five years ago at the river, and the testimonies that followed were pretty crazy. At least a lot of them were, yeah? yeah. But a Malachi Moment, which we're going to describe to you in a minute what I mean by that, I promise you as we go into this, this is the last time I'll say this, a Malachi Moment, what you get out of it will, will be determined by what you put in it. Yeah? The more you lean into the Malachi moment, the more you'll come out with a whole new thing. Yes? It's very fun. Malachi moment. There's lots of things in Malachi. It's a very action-packed little prophetic book at the end of the Old Testament there. Um, we're going to skip right down to the part of the map that I believe he wanted us to be at today. I am going to, this is going, I do believe this is the Lord. I know it's the Lord. We're going we're gonna to stick to the point we're going to be powerful today, and we're actually going to close out of here and get out of the way. But it doesn't reduce how important this moment is. Yes? Yeah. The Malachi moment. Let me pull up and read straight through some of it here. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to put it on the board here in just a second, but I'm going to read it straight through. Now, again, the map. Some of it's peripheral details. Some of it is, uh, it's not necessarily all like, you just got to pick up the parts that matter. Yes? In the moment. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If you will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be enough room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Will a man rob God, he says. Yet you have robbed me, he says. In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. That's our topic. Here's the remedy. Bring them into the storehouse. Bring them into the storehouse. Yes. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's hard to believe the front end of this, but I bet if you don't understand the front end of this, you bet you understand the back end of this, the devourer part. Mm -hmm. You ever felt like your money bag had a hole in the bottom? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ever felt like no matter how hard you tried, the hill just kept getting taller and you kept getting lower? <laughs> yeah. That's the devourer. That's our time, our attention, our money. That's all of it. The devourer eats away at the things that aren't rooted in God. And the greatest complaint from humanity at this time is it goes so fast, it goes so quick, it's not enough. And that is we have a curse in this nation. It's called the devourer. Yes? So if the first 20 minutes was more exciting because it's more fun to hear the story of how to navigate a map and stand on the prophecies previously committed and charged to you because it's fun, it's building towards this tangible outcome of this building, this thing. This, But you see, I, I hope you can see that I don't ask you to do anything that I don't attempt to do myself. 
I have waged war standing on a word in my heart. I've waged war standing on what Tim has said to affirm that. I've waged war finding a map, I thought, in Judges 20. You know, like, there's going to be some lost battles. We're up to two significant, straight in, straight lost battles. The third day was this day. I'll, I will, there will be victory. And we have already started down the strategic attack of not just expecting this to be a thing, but to be a strategy to partner with God to win this war. Amen? Amen. You, if you can understand the map part and you can understand the who you are part, and you can understand that you just have to know or believe by faith that this is what it is, then believe this part. This is phase two of the whole thing. This is where... The decision has been made. God has spoken. We have voted. Offers have been made. Offers have been accepted. But now offers have to be backed by money. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Good. You will get there one way or another. I promise you. But in a Malachi moment, here's what you need to know. Whether you are uh, here forever or not, whether you're visiting, whether you're uh, online, we have some people just online, it, none of that matters. Because we're thinking generationally. Yeah. You see, um, Bill Johnson says, uh, he has a really fun catchphrase where he says, you know, uh, our, our time, our attention, our money, it's like seeds. You sow seeds. You sow seeds. And seeds grows up and produces bread. And sometimes the worst mistake you'll ever make is mistaking your seed for bread and eating your seed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seed's supposed to sow to produce more. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And in this moment, you're supposed to dare to believe that you're sowing into the foundation of something. Sowing into not just, we don't just have a seeding problem. We have a, a, a vision from the Lord to execute. We have a moment in time to believe that this could be the very first thing we talked about when we, a handful of us met in a living room in Forest, was we're going to put the next generation first. Wow. We're going to put the next generation. That has been the first thing we ever talked about. That's the thing we never forgot. That's why we have so many classrooms running right now. We're raising kids starting from the time they can barely talk. They're singing and praising to learning and learning and learning. By the time they're in the 9 to 12, they're praying for each other and prophesying and asking for healing. They're walking with God. Yeah. Yes? This is not just a church. It's becoming a movement, I dare to say. And it's a family that lives together and grows together. And these early days are magic moments. It, it happens. Uh, this, this pen you see me carry around a lot. You don't, might not always notice it, but I have it with me often. I, I bought this pen. This pen was made from a tree in Kentucky. Not just any tree. A tree that was where uh, an evangelist went to a hell-ridden town and started to preach the word of God and a movement of God struck out. I'll spare you some of the details for time. But a movement of the Holy Spirit, this was I think in the 1700s, um, permeated the region to the point that they couldn't fit in the church anymore. He had to come out and stand by this tree. He had to come stand by this maple tree and preach. And then it got to be so many people. You know how it got to be so many people? It wasn't because his preaching was so spot on. It's because the Holy Spirit was so powerful that the people going down the road would pass out under the glory of God. And the horses would just pull in. And they had a guy in the park. And I'm parking them all waiting for them to wake up. And then the crowd just got, and then they were there. And it was a thing. And like, why would we leave this spot? And it was growing and it was growing. It was too big for them to hear him. So they started cutting off trees real tall like a high stump. And they, whoever had the anointing of the Lord, they'd stand them up on it. And he would just preach. He wasn't echoing the first guy. He was just preaching an inspiration. And whoever you could hear was your preacher. Yeah. It was one of the more radical landscape changing 
things that ever happened in our history. Yeah? And then uh, many years later, it, it, it did its thing. It sowed its seeds into this country. Many years later, the tree was struck by lightning. And Mr. Ray Hughes, who does, who leads some of our Bible study discussions online here, yeah? He heard about it, had a truck to Alabama, wherever he lives, and he now makes these crazy pens. And I bought one from him just so that I could have a piece of his artwork and a piece of history to write our story. Yeah. And I've been writing our story with that pen the whole time. That's why I don't journal as much as I used to, and I missed that. But whatever that pen wrote in that journal was coming to pass, I promise you. I can show you years of it working out. Yeah. Because God is in the foundation of things. And the question will be, who wants to get in the foundation? Yeah. Who wants to believe, not just in financial sowing, but in <coughs> prayer, in efforts, in endeavors? We're going to have to do some renovations. We're going to work together. We're going to believe together. We're going to pray together. We're going to form these prayer teams. We're going we're to reach a whole lost generation through a generation that we've already been stewarding for uh, the, all the years we've been together. And they're doing great. Not that they don't have their moments, but they're doing great. <laughs> yes? Yeah. It's going to be a thing. I promise you. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Try me now in this. It's a bold proclamation. But that is the word of the Lord today. That is the word of the Lord today. Now, many people, if you're not used to this, their first assumption is money in, money out. Seems like a good deal. It does work that way often. But the Lord wanted me to tell you that today... He wasn't saying he wouldn't do that, but he wanted me to tell people he might give you something better. Wow. He might give you the one thing you desperately desire. Mm -hmm. If you can step into this Malachi moment and partner with him in this thing, he might give you the one thing you cry out for. And I just heard people crying out more than for financial blessing. I heard people crying out for peace. Yes. Yes. Peace and balance in their homes. Yes purpose in their lives with him. I heard people crying out and, and just desperately desiring things above money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes? Yeah. And so <coughs> that is the word of the Lord today. It is a thing. Here's what I will tell you. I like to use some random references, right? Mike Tyson says, y'all know who Mike Tyson is, right? Knockout King. Mike Tyson said, it's really hard to be the man who won't give up. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And I told y'all when we started this journey years ago together, some of you, I'm willing to die for this. Yeah. And I mean it. Yes, he does. And if you don't, if you've known us at all, I hope you've seen that I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do 10 times over. Right. And I am willing to die for this. I am willing to spend my whole life thinking of a next generation. And I dare to believe that most of you in here care that much too. And it's because we follow a selfless king. I dare to believe that most of you have transformed closer to the image of God than you think. And you're starting to step into that selfish that selflessness reality of looking more like a selfless king. A servant king. An upside down kingdom where the king of kings and the lord of lords. The guy who every knee would bow to wash the feet and serve the table. We all say we want to be like Jesus, but do we really? Yeah? Yeah? And this is our opportunity, time, attention, and resources, sowing into the next generation, the next thing, believing that we could give all that we have to see something better than ourselves come up, grow up, and move on for generations and generations and generations. Amen? Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Yes. yes. Does that feel good? Yeah. Yeah. What do I need from you? That. There you go. We talked about this on Sunday. <coughs> uh, Wednesday, this Sunday. We have to have these forms filled out. It does not matter what your answer is. It can say, the first question is your name. I bet you can figure that out. Um, are you a member? Yes or no? No is a good answer for us too. We Visitors are expected in churches. Like I don't, you know, do, please, we need help. We need, we need things. The bank, it knows what to look for. They need to see honesty. So honesty has to be presented. Are you a member? If no is the answer, please check it. Submit the form. Um, what does yes mean? A lot of you are scratching your head because other than Wednesday, we haven't really defined that. We're not super official people here. We're spiritual people. If you feel spiritually connected, if you feel spiritually committed, if you are, are, are invested, heart, soul, whatever. If you feel like you're a member here, there's no prerequisite. You can be a member. Yeah? yeah. I'm not just saying that because I need members. That's been our stance the entire time we've been here. If you feel we're connected, you're a member. How long have you been a member? Please answer that for me. Don't expect me to remember that. That's impossible. I don't even know what today is. Put <laughs> yourself how many family attend. Please answer. Are you currently serving in any capacity with the church? This includes the obvious worship, pastoring, serving in any of the children's programs, the food program, yes, and or if you just do a call to be an intercessor, whatever. Again, we're not superficial. We don't have a lot of hoops for you to jump through. If you feel called to do it and you're doing it, write it down. Okay? Do you tithe regularly? Back to the banks. Know that not everybody does that. So no is an answer that's acceptable for them. They, they, they're looking for this magic recipe. Yeah, so honesty is a good thing. Do you tithe regularly? Yes or no? If yes, what is your projected annual income? <clears throat> Just, you got to put your honest answer. Annual tithe. It, annual tithe. Tithe, not income. No, no, no. Yeah, read the thing. Don't do what I'm saying. <laughs> What's your projected annual tithe? Now, I can't, I'm not going to come hunting for you if you don't meet your goals. That's between you and the Lord. I, I, I promise you. This is just for the bank. I will tell you this. I'm not saying grossly lie to yourself, but let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord lead you. Karen's dad, who was a, a very prophetic pastor, minister uh, up in Pennsylvania, Adam said that, uh, people would often come to him and say, you know, I really want to get this job so that I can start giving to the church like I want to. And he would say, well, sow the seed first, son, and then go apply for a better job. Yeah. So I'm not saying lie to yourself here because we do need some accuracy. But this might be a moment for you to challenge yourself in your own Malachi moment. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Would you be interested in committing to a one-time donation to the building fund? Yes or no. Um, other, I guess that's amount maybe. Um if you're doing all you can do, don't feel bad. Pray about these things, though. Pray about the tithing thing. Pray about the, the, the building fund thing. This, I, I feel like there's too many words of God to believe this isn't going to go. Yeah. Yes. Too many words to say it isn't going to go. And I will go far and wide and reach high and low to, to, and pray and move and find who wants to be in the foundation. But you people I love the most. And I did not want to not tell you that this is your chance to get a rock in the foundation. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes? yes, this is a chance to do it. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Now, the only caveat I'm going to say to this is, 
We have 14 days to secure pre-qualifying letters from the bank. That means this, uh, if you can give me a promise on this line or any of these lines, great. There's a building fund entirely already, or you can write checks, whatever, for building fund. There is a building fund, and let's, I just wanted to give you all the piece of insurance that you might want in your heart. Let's just say, lo and behold, all these words will go flat and we don't get a building. Every dollar would be refunded. I promise you, I would not keep that. That would be yours to come back because you gave it to a specific thing. And if it doesn't work out, it comes back. But as much as you have available, whatever your number is for these lines, whatever you have available, please give it in the next 14 days because promises are good, but tangibles better. And how this thing gets structured and worked out, it's very complicated. They absolutely do not enjoy working with uh, uh, churches for lots of reasons and it's all legitimate um, one we keep our own internal records that's scary for banks um, so now is the time pray about it pray about it please God if you're if you're if you are a visitor please know this I don't even take up collection every Sunday we don't even talk about it I would never ever come up here and start with one day I'll answer for every word I say and then go on to preach a word just because I want a new building. It is absolutely not that. I would live in this basement the rest of my life if I didn't think this was the moment to preach it. But this is the moment. This is the moment. And I promise you, somebody's going to step into it. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss it. Don't miss your chance. In the old days, this is when I'd pull out $100 and show you that I was going to give something. But everybody's got phones now, and they just give it online. So, yeah, I'm getting the big phone now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pray about it. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord minister to your answers here. We need these forms filled out and submitted as quick as possible. We will be frantically working to get this in order for the next couple weeks. Bear with us if we're not as available as usual. Once we get through this, back to business as usual. Yes? Yes. Amen. Where do we get the form? I'm going to, thank you, Karen. I'm going to send these out. It's going to be a clickable link. Uh, you, you, I'm going to send these out on Messenger. You can get it. It's a clickable link. You can click it out and submit it. It's a pri it's, it's, uh, private information. Nobody will see it but me and Mark as we collect the data. Um, if you would just like a paper form because you don't have messenger or whatever um, we have some paper forms here you could fill out and we could submit um, the only thing i would say was if you do a paper form um uh, when you do if you go on tithe it's going to ask for your email so that i can send you a tax deductible form if you do this and leave a check or something you need to leave your email so you can get your tax deductible form at the end of the year that makes sense yeah. um please pray about it think about it let the lord minister to your heart I'm going to send the form out like as soon as we're done on Messenger or any other way you need it. Amen? Amen. This is exciting. Yes, yes, it is. yes. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this, this season that we find ourselves in. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this moment, this opportunity to step into a Malachi moment and partner with you, to partner with you in sowing seeds into a foundation that would hopefully never end. Foundation that would hold a, a, a hold a movement that would steward souls for generations to come and generations to come and generations to come. Amen. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity and this grace. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Katie, can you come up here? We just thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs>